0: The Fibber, McGee, and Molly Show. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber, McGee, and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. Fibber and Molly will be with you in a minute. Some people say our greatest heroes were the leaders of the American Revolution. Some say it was the colonists themselves. But actually, long before Washington and Paul Revere, other heroes were founding this nation. Citizen soldiers banded together to protect the early settlers against Indians. They were the first National Guardsmen. The famous citizen militia of the Revolutionary War continued their great tradition. And today, too. Men who want to protect their homes, their loved ones in peace as in war, are joining the National Guard. And now here's a message of special interest for those of you between the ages of 17 and 18 and a half. You'll be interested in the opportunities to fulfill your military obligations offered to you by the National Guard. You can continue going to school or hold down a job while serving in the National Guard. Go to your local National Guard armory today and find out how you can help keep your guard up. Join the National Guard.
1: Molly, where are you, kiddo?
2: I'm here in the kitchen making.
1: Hey, I think I'll go downtown and get these shoes of mine resold. I've been trying to do it for months, but I keep forgetting.
2: Pretty bad, are they? Hmm,
1: take a look. Them soles are thinner than a nickel's worth of ham, and my heels are run down like a careless pedestrian. <laughs> I called the shoemaker and told him to get plenty of leather ready.
2: I don't believe those shoes can be resold, McGinney.
1: Oh, sure, they can. Mr. Margolis is a wizard at this kind of stuff, Molly. He does all the shoe repair for the mailmen around town, you know.
2: Say, now those poor fellas, they must be awful hard on shoe leather. Walking all day.
1: Yeah, well, most of them are, yeah. I knew a guy in Fiori that delivered the mail, though. He used to make a pair of shoes last five or six years. Five or six years? hmm The only mail carrier I ever knew that delivered the mail barefooted. <laughs> Bluefoot Jackson, we called him. That was in the wintertime because it got pretty cold back there in the wintertime back in Peoria. Bluefoot.
2: Mrs. Blaine, you know, in my ladies' club, her husband is the letter carrier. Chilton J. Blaine.
1: Oh, sure, I know him. He belongs to Elks Club with me. Old Chill Blaine's. Yeah? I saw Old Chill at Doc Gamble's office just yesterday. Doc pulled two teeth for him.
2: Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Why didn't he go to a dentist? I didn't know Dr. Gamble would pull teeth.
1: Well, he pulled these out of his leg. They belonged to Toops' dog. (laughs) I was telling Chill about a mailman I knew that kept... Getting dog-bit till he went down and had cast-iron legs put in his long underwear. Oh, boy, <laughs> there was the most surprised bunch of dogs on that block.
2: Oh, McGee, you're making that up. Sure, but ain't it funny?
1: <laughs> if I was a mailman, I'd get cast-iron legs put in my Look, long underwear. Look,
2: sweetheart. I hate to disturb this sparkling and educational dialogue, but if you're going to have your shoes fixed today...
1: Yeah, I better get going. You need
2: anything downtown? No, thank you. I don't think so.
1: Grocery store? Can I get anything at the market for you? No,
2: I've already ordered the groceries. I'm having them delivered.
1: Okay, I'll take off. This is probably the only chance I'll get anyhow. I either keep forgetting about it or else somebody always drops in. just. Now. Grocery
3: boy! didn't it sake. Hi, old-timer. Hi, daughter. Hi there, Johnny.
1: Well, Where do you want me to put these groceries? My gosh, you working at the grocery store now? <laughs> yep. Where do you want
3: me to put these fiddles?
1: Here, let me give you a hand with them heavy boxes, boy.
3: No, that's okay, Johnny. I can handle them okay. Just tell me where you want them. Now,
2: Mr. Oldtimer, let me get take some of those boxes. Oh,
3: don't worry about me, daughter. Just tell me where you want them. Are you sure you're all right? I was when I first come in, but if you kids don't tell me where to put them, I'm liable to fall down any moment.
1: Here, let me take this big one. Where do you want them, kiddo?
2: Over there on the sink will be all right. Uh, there we are. Uh. Thanks, Johnny. So, you're our new grocery boy, Mr. Oldtimer.
3: That's right, daughter. As Dale Carnegie says, you're never too old to start a new career. <laughs> you know something, daughter? That guy don't know what he's talking about. I'm bored. <laughs> Mind if I sit down, kid? You go right ahead, Mr. Oldheimer. Yeah,
1: I'd like to sit down and visit with you, but I got to get to the shoemaker while I'm thinking about it. If I don't get my shoes fixed today, there's no telling when I'll remember it again. Forgetful, huh? Yeah, forgetful.
3: Oh, forgetting things is a bad habit, Johnny. I used to be that way myself till I bought that memory book. It's just great. Can't think of the name of it, but I got it at home.
1: Yeah. Where where do these cans go, Molly?
3: Top shelf
2: here.
3: I'll mail the book to you, Johnny. It'll do you good.
2: Fine, fine.
3: What's your address, kid?
2: 79 Westful Vista.
3: 79. Okay, see you later. I
1: see the salt goes in the cupboard. And the bread here?
2: In the bread box, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: The way people run in and out of here all week, I'm lucky to get time to have my shoes fixed.
2: What's you say this address is, kids? 79 Vistful Wista. Wistful Vista, you mean.
3: Can't even remember where you live, huh, Johnny? You're in bad shape, son. Uh... I'll get that memory book in the mail to you tonight. Don't forget. <laughs> Don't worry, daughter. I got a phonographic memory.
1: Photographic?
3: No, I can't remember pictures, Johnny. Just words. <laughs> so long. So <laughs> long.
2: Him in his memory. huh <laughs> ah. Well, let me, I'll put away now. Let me help you with the cans. Now, you can take these little ones. I'll take this heavy
1: sack of dog biscuits. Dog biscuits? Yeah, that's funny. We don't have a dog. Hey, you haven't been
2: feeding the parakeet dog biscuits, have you? Why, of course not. I didn't order any of those things. Your... Hey, hold it, kids. Put them cans back in the box, daughter. What now? Wrong grocery. Oh.
1: Uh... I
3: just found your order out in the truck. Give me a hand with these boxes, will you, Johnny? I still got two more outside.
1: Oh, sure. <laughs>
0: There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. You know, Christmas is slipping up on us faster than we realize. A lot of us with men in the armed forces overseas are busy wrapping and mailing Christmas packages to those men right now. And you know something? We're not early. No, sir. The Postal Department stresses the fact that October 15th to November 15th is the time for mailing Christmas parcels to members of the armed forces serving outside the United States. We can be reasonably sure that any Christmas package we mail in the next 10 days will reach our servicemen on time, but there is no assurance that packages mailed after the 15th of this month, November 15th, will be delivered before Christmas. Don't sit back and say to yourself, I'll do it later. But if you do put it off, if you can't get your package mailed till after November 15th, then send it by air. It's a mighty sad Christmas present that rolls in around New Year's Day. Don't let that happen to you. If your parcel is going overseas, mail it now. <laughs>
1: going to make another run for the shoe shop, Molly, before somebody else drops in.
2: Go
1: ahead. Well, goodbye, kiddo. I'll see you later. Ah, I'll see. Now if I can get the car out and get out of here before somebody Hi, else... Hi,
4: Mr. Oh. Bo. Teeny,
1: <laughs> don't ever do that.
4: How'd you know it was me, mister? I had this box over my head with the holes in it. How'd you know it was me, huh?
1: That name on the box gave me a hint, sis.
4: What name, mister?
1: See right there? It says Sugar.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're the sweetest little girl I know, I guess.
4: Oh, gee, that's pretty, mister. Say it again, would you? Hmm? I want to write that in my diary. Uh,
1: diary, huh? You keeping a diary now, tiny?
4: Sure I am, I bet you. Oh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I write down all the exciting things that happened to me on account of I think a girl likes to remember her past. Don't you, mister? Hmm?
1: Well, that depends. <laughs> I guess you're right, though, in keeping a record of the big moments in your life.
4: Like yesterday, I got an ice cream cone from my aunt, mm-hmm. and our teacher let me collect the spelling papers, mm-hmm. and Richard said hi.
1: Wow, sounds like a large day. Who's Richard?
4: He's an older fella. Oh. He's 12. He delivers papers after school, and yesterday he said hi.
1: Well, I hope the excitement doesn't get to be too much for you. I'm in kind of a hurry now, teeny. so if you'll take your wagon there out of the driveway, I'd like to get my car out.
4: You know, my wagon is broke again, Mr. McGee. The wheels are stuck. Would you fix it again for me like you did yesterday, hmm, the day before, hmm? In Easter?
1: Well, I'd like to, sis, but all afternoon now, I've been trying to get downtown to get my shoes fixed, and everybody... See,
4: you know, if you'll fix my wagon, Mr. McGee, I'll fix your shoes. What? I got some paste and some cardboard in here. I'll fix them
1: good. No, thanks, Teeny. I appreciate the offer, but I'd just soon take them to Mr. Margolis. It isn't that I don't want you to do them, but he has a large family, you see, and he needs the money. You understand that, don't you, sis? Sure. Oh, sure.
4: It's the
1: law of survival. <clears throat> yeah, something like that. Well, now let me take a look at that wagon, and I'll see what we can do. Get my hammer out. <laughs> kid, but she could keep six mechanics busy repairing those broken toys she breaks all day long.
2: Well, dearie, back from the shoemakers already. No,
1: I haven't left yet.
2: You haven't? Nope. What have you been doing all this time? It's almost an hour since you sneaked out the back door.
1: Keeney's wagon. Took me all this time to get it fixed. Give me that rag. I want to wipe off this grease.
2: Keeney's wagon? Yeah.
1: You know, that thing with the square wheels that she insists on dragging woolly toops in across our lawn instead of using the sidewalk like the paper boy doesn't do either with his dad's a bicycle?
2: (laughs) Did you finally get it fixed?
1: Yeah. I finally found out what was wrong. Some dunce had the axles put on backwards. Oh. Yeah, I just turned them around. You
2: know, come to think of it, she had the same trouble yesterday.
1: I wonder who's fooling with that thing when I'm not
2: around. I just wonder. But look, lover, you'd better hurry. You only have a half hour before the shoe shop closes.
1: Well, nothing's going to stop me now. Out of my way, kiddo. I'm getting out of here before... Uh...
2: Oh, just a minute, dearie. It may be for you. Hello? Who? Mr. Margolis. Yes. Yes, he's still here. Just a minute. The shoemaker, McGee. He's wondering what's happened to you. tell him him I'm leaving right now. Get that, kiddo. I'll tell him myself. All right, dearie. Here's the phone. Tommy! Hello,
1: Mr. Margolis. Yeah, I know you close in 20 minutes.
2: Well, Doctor Gamble. Come on in. it's Doctor
1: Gamble. Oh, hi, Fatso. I'll be with you in a minute. Hello. Hello. Look, Mr. Margolis, about them shoes. I won't be having them fixed after all. No, I'm not buying a new pair. Now, the way I figured it, there's no sense spending good money fixing a pair of shoes when you never get a chance to get out of the dad ratted house to go any place anyhow. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Goodbye. All right now, Fatso, what's on your mind? I never saw it to fail every time a
0: guy tries to get out of the house. We'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment. Worried about what to do tomorrow night for entertainment? Well, remember that you'll always find pleasure-filled radio listening when you set your dial to the NBC radio network on Friday night. There's great comedy entertainment on both the Bob Hope Show and the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Tomorrow night, Bob Hope will have Miss Betty Grable as his special guest star. And you'll find that the laugh lines will be flying thick and fast when Betty and Bob get together in an amusing comedy drama. So make it a date for top comedy on the Bob Hope Show tomorrow evening. Then stay tuned for the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show featuring the comedy antics of Julius Abruzio, Elliot Lewis, Brother William, and Grogan. It's a riot of mirth and music that'll add to your Friday evening enjoyment. Be sure to be in the audience tomorrow night for another fun-filled edition of the Laugh Pack Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Also on Friday evenings, hear charming Miss Dinah Shore in a quarter-hour program of lilding melodies that all America is singing. So make it a steady date for entertainment every Friday evening. Set your dial to this, your NBC station. <laughs> to introduce Mr. Neil Herndon, Vice President of the National Association of Letter Carriers. Mr. Herndon. Thank you. This message is for you, Fibber McGee and Molly.
1: Us? You and Mrs. McGee, during your years on the air, have had many a kind word for the man who carries the mail. And it gives me great pleasure tonight to present you, Fibber, with this honorary membership card in the National Association of Letter Carriers. Oh, thank you very much. Gee whiz, you hear that, Molly? I'm a mailman. Wonderful. And here is the list of the privileges that this membership gives you, Mr. McGee. Well, oh, let's see. Your membership card entitles you to carry a 35-pound satchel of mail up four flights of stairs to find out the guy has moved. <laughs> it allows you two free bites from each new dog in the neighborhood And it entitles you to buy airmail stamps at any post office for six cents apiece.
2: Isn't that nice? I
1: just think I get all the benefits a regular mailman gets. Well, thank you very much, Neil. It's a pleasure. Good night.
2: Good night, all.
0: NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program. Transcribed with Bill Thompson as the old-timer this is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night for another visit with Bibber McGee and Molly and now laugh with can you top this on the NBC radio network
1: save big money at Menards